0: Something I've always dealt with, uh, especially here in the last few years, was, is bitterness. You know, thought that what I went through was the worst and how we look at it. And that's just how we are, right? That's just how we, we see things. So, um, so when Doug said that he was going to be gone this week, uh, I think he has two weddings. He did one Friday with his son, and then I think one was yesterday or today. And then a lot of people, uh, we can see the bands out, but uh, he asked me if I'd fill in for him. And so that was a few months ago. And, and right off after Doug told me that, I, I began to pray, as everybody in New Life knows. I do that, and then Lord gave me really quickly, he said, bitterness. I want you to preach on bitterness. I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll do that, Lord. So that's what I want to bring to you today. I want to preach on uh, the root of bitterness. Hebrews chapter number 12 uh, has this passage we're going to be looking to here in a second makes this reference to the root of bitterness and he warns the believers about it. Now, before we can kind of get into um, and and deal with bitterness and hopefully prevent bitterness, uh, we have to look at what causes bitterness. What causes bitterness? So um, it's it's actually pretty 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 simple. Believe it or not, the whole. Um, root of where this bitterness comes from. And these, uh, these smart guys, this is what they said here. They said, all bitterness starts out of hurt. All bitterness starts out as hurt. That's where it all starts from. Just a seed of hurt. It says, and your emotional pain may well relate to viewing whoever or whatever provoked this hurt as having malicious intent. So it doesn't matter if... Um, your friends left you on the corner at the mall, you know. And, and you think, oh, you know, they're, they're all together and, and, and you know, they, they know I'm waiting here and they told me to be here at 3 o'clock and they just don't care about me. And believe it or not, that hurt. That little hurt confessed her into bitterness. Just as much as somebody being stuck in a mine for 69 days. 69 days they were in there. And thinking, man, why, God, why? Where, where are you? I've, you know. or, or how about these guys I work for? You know, we, we told them the mine was bad. We told them that all these things were wrong. We told them this thing was hazardous, and that they didn't care about us. Bitterness sets in. They go on and say, as, as committing a grave injustice towards you, as gratuitously wronging you and causing you grief, anger, and resentment, is what we're all likely to experience whenever we conclude that another has seriously abused us. Left to fester, that righteous anger eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. So it all starts out as a hurt. Might not be something big, might might be something big. But that's where it all starts. Those seeds of hurt. I like this one guy, he put it pretty simple. He said, bitterness is unforgiveness fermented. Um, in the prison, they have this thing called hooch. Okay? Uh, and I don't know how they do this, but it's, it's they, they take some sort of fruit and different... I think it's Clorox and something else, and, and they make this contra- this thing called hooch, which is alcohol. And I'm telling you, that stuff will, will, will make you blind. <laughs> it will kill organs. <laughs> this stuff is bad. And it smells... I, I it's, you, when you walk into a room and the, one of the hooch bags is broke or something, man, you can tell, man, there's hooch in here somewhere, man, you just know, you can smell it. It reeks. That's unforgiveness, though. And those guys will drink that stuff and some of them died from it. And yet we harbor bitterness and it wrecks our life and yet We've kind of just made it a part of us. Now, in Second Corinthians chapter number 11, Paul does something he, he doesn't, rare, uh, doesn't often do, and that is he brags. He brags on himself, but he, he gives him a reason and tells him why. He says, look, there's some people coming along and, and they're telling you that uh, they're, they're apostles and they're, they are are have authority and, and they know what's better for you and that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so Paul says, look, let, let me set some things straight. So Paul goes into this little discourse and he says, look, I, I hate to brag, but I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, I, I've been this, I'm an apostle, I'm a Hebrew, um, I, I've been beaten, I've been whipped, I've been shipwrecked, I've been stoned, I've been naked I've been had nothing I've been I, I've, I've been it all for you he told me that. so I want to kind of brag to you a little bit today how can I come to you talk about bitterness I don't know I think I, I was the apostle of bitterness there at one time sold my house in Jacksonville our house in Jacksonville Nice house, remodeled, had two bathrooms and a dishwasher, <laughs> which we haven't had since. All right, it's 2001. Moved to Connecticut to follow my dream be in a seminary, go to school, be a teacher. Well, I had all these promises and all these men up there and, and told us and gave us all this stuff. We, I went. I dragged my family kicking and screaming. We went there. Well, the house fell through. We didn't have a house. We were homeless for months living with people. Lived in two rooms. Kids lived in one room with, with, our, with the family's son, and we lived in another room. That's how we lived for months. Couldn't get a home. About two months in, the new car that we bought so we could do all this, transmission went out. So all the money we made for to sell the house went to fix the car. A few months after that, the one job I did get, I got laid off. Eventually, I got five jobs. My wife had two, and I worked and taught part-time in the seminary while I was going to school, too. When it came time for them to hire the first new Seminary, whatever they were, they didn't hire me, they hired another guy. When I told them and they they said, yeah, come on up and we'll give you a job. Um, Time went on, money became nothing. Didn't have any heat to heat the house during the winter, had to open up the oven and turn on the electric oven to heat the house, two story. Eventually, I had to quit teaching so I could could work more, work seven days a week. Then things just really fell apart, and we had to file bankruptcy. Then the seminary folded, and we were there, just the church, decided, man, there's nothing here. Everything has gone that we came here for, so might as well leave, came on back to Texas. The only place that we had that we were able to, some family that were able to take us in, again, lived in a room with some family members, started everything over. Everything in Connecticut that we had, we fit what we could in two 10 by 10 boxes and everything we threw away. Tables, chairs, beds, toys, everything we threw away. Started over in two 10 by 10 containers. Things got worse when we got here. All in all, betrayed by preachers, betrayed by churches, betrayed by family. Marriage fell apart and filed for divorce. So uh, I think if I can talk about bitterness, I think I can. I think I can talk about bitterness. I got pretty bitter. You know, I was just a shell. I was just doing the motions and I quit. I quit. So I want to talk to you about bitterness. Here in this passage, Hebrews chapter 12... The writer says this, he says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now he says, you know, this, this whole passage we're about to read is one sentence. He says, looking carefully. Now, man, that, this is important. Now he says, look, hey, this is what you should do. Pursue peace with all people, live holy, which in, in Western culture, we, we got that all wrong. It's not this do's and don'ts. Holiness is separating from something to cling to something else. That's what holiness means. You separate from the bad stuff, and you cling to God. That's holiness. And he said, man, if we would do this, you'd not have the trouble. And that's what he's about to talk about, looking carefully. And he says these two things. Least anyone fall short of the grace of God. Least any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. And by this many be defiled. Least there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. So this whole sentence, this, this one passage is one sentence, and you can't really just take that part out about bitterness, which is what we're going to do without having to look at the other parts. So we've got to look at the other parts and kind of see what God's kind of talking to us about. All right? So I like to do that. First off, you can see the very first thing he says is looking carefully. Now looking carefully, he says, look, you've got to look carefully, least this is going to happen, least this is going to happen, at least this is going to happen. So you've got to look carefully. Now I love this picture. Come with a picture. <laughs> that's a that's a shed full of chainsaws. In the Geico commercial, those guys are running around in that horrors, you know, and they're running around, and they see a chain, uh, a shed full of chainsaws, and they go, "Let's hide there." And that's where they go in and hide. And the chainsaw guy is in the shed of the chainsaws. Wait, he's like, he's looking at them like, "Are you guys stupid?" You know. But that's how we are because God says, look, man, you've got to look carefully. And, and tell you what, that's not looking carefully because sometimes we walk right into the shed of bitterness. And he says, man, you've got to look carefully. Potential for trouble. God wouldn't have said that if there wasn't a potential for trouble to fall into bitterness. Now, I like what he says. He says, he says don't look carefully he says looking it's something you constantly have to do when your eyes flutter open in the morning you know what you got to look you got to be careful this word is used is the same it's it's the verb form of the same word that's used as a of an elder the the preacher as the overseer that's what that means that's that word comes from to to look like like the overseer looks and he says there was it first peter um it says there in 1 Peter chapter 5 when he talks about that the that the pastor should be the overseer looking over the flock. That's how you're supposed to overlook your life. It says there in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath, nor to give place to the devil. Isn't it interesting that he says that, you know, there is a connection between anger that you let go that you don't deal with. It might even be righteous anger. Like I said, hey, you can be angry, you just don't sin in it. And you let that anger go, and when you let that anger go, you actually open the door and invite the devil to come in and have one of your bedrooms, is what that word means. Come on in and have a space in my house. He said we have to look carefully. You have to look carefully. You have to look carefully least these things happen. The first, he says, you, you fall short of the grace of God. You missed a true source of help. See, this whole thing, this whole thing, that bitterness happened to me, happened because I've, I let the grace of God, which is the answer to all my problems, I let it slip away. I, 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 I got my eyes off the Lord. I got my eyes off that he was my father and my savior and that he loved me and that he was there. And I fell into Bitterness. This is the answer. You got to look closely at least you fall short of the grace of God, at least you miss out. Hebrews chapter four says this, he says, "For we do not have a high priest who cannot be, who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted like me, Yes he was. And Isaiah chapter 53, that the whole passage about the servant, Uh, of the suffering servant, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that passage says he is despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And the Bible talks all the time that Jesus, how Jesus wept. Jesus, Jesus would hurt. The people that Jesus loved hurt him. The 12 men that he poured his life into hurt him. But he didn't let that turn into bitterness see the Bible didn't say Jesus didn't get hurt he was tempting all points like we are he just didn't let bitterness stir up in him Shay was excited when she she she, she almost walked out That Shay back there she almost walked down to grab him bring her in but when she came through the door and saw this church man she started jumping and shouting she got excited so I appreciate appreciate her Second Corinthians chapter twelve says this is concerning this thing I plead with the Lord three times. Paul said I had a, I had something that was afflicting me. He never tells us what it is. He said I I, I prayed three times that it might depart from me, and he said that God said to him, "My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is my grace. I'll get you through this, Paul. I'll get you through this. Just trust in me. I'm sorry." that this can't go away right now, not until glory. It's going to have to be here, but I'll tell you what, I will get you through it. And you got to be careful. At least you fall short of the grace of God. Now, the last thing, which is when he says, least there being be any fornicator, profane person like Esau, that's overcome by sin in the world. See, that's the actual outcome. See, that bitterness is in the middle. So you got to be careful. Well, if you're going to miss the grace of God, you're going to fall into bitterness and you're going to be just like the world. Now, people say, what's profane? Well, it comes from the word profanity. I mean, we get profanity from profane, right? Profanity is godless talk is what it is. So it's being godless. I'll tell you what, I might have came to church. I might have carried a Bible. But i tell you, man, I, I know I was saved because, I, I, you know, God, I'm born again. I'm a child of God, but I tell you what, man. God, I didn't want God in my life. I didn't want God helping me. I, man, Lord, man, if you call that help, Lord, I don't need it. It's bitter. You know, Esau sacrificed the future blessings for a present pleasure, is what he did. So Paul tells us he he commences. Do not over. Uh, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that's the beginning. That's the end. So now we're going to kind of look at bitterness. We're going to break this thing down and look exactly what it says and try to maybe maybe help ourselves. All right? So look at this. He says there, least any root of bitterness. All right? So there's unresolved hurt. Unresolved hurt. You know, you are going to get hurt. I'm going to get hurt. It's going to happen. There's no way to get out of it. This is life. you live this life, things are going to happen. This is how we deal with the hurt that happens in our life. In Acts chapter 8, here's this guy whose name was Simon the Sorcerer. He was, he was a witch. He, was, he dealt in magic and did different things, and he had, um, he had a, a place of prominence in the community, and they feared him, and um, he, just, he had some authority. But when the gospel came, this guy got convicted, and God saved him, and he, he trusted Christ, now, he's following around the apostles, and, and he's watching what they're doing, and we're not given a time frame of how long this happened, but he's watching them, and he's with them, and all that. And, and things began to sink in is that, you know what? I don't, I don't have that power and authority anymore. All that I had, all that, everybody feared me is gone. I'm a Christian now. I'm kind of starting all over. And he saw this power and authority that the apostles had, and Peter had doing all that he was doing. He's like, man, I want some of that. And so he asked him, hey, how do I get this? And this is what Peter said to him. He says here in Acts chapter 8, he says, You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, for, th- for this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see, and he had divine insight, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. You know, that quickly he got upset. Even after being a Christian, he said, Wow, man, things aren't going like I thought when I got saved. It can happen that quick. Seeds turn to roots, right? Seeds turn to roots. The seeds of hurts turn to roots of bitterness. Jesus said in John 16, you will have tribulation in this life. It starts out unseen, right? Sometimes you don't even know you have bitterness in your heart. I mean, you don't even realize it's there, especially towards a person. You know, my, my bitterness was eventually I got bitter at these people. I mean, I was bitter at these people, but I, I turned it toward God and blamed God. But a lot of that bitterness starts out just bitter at people, right? You don't even realize you're bitter until maybe they walk in the room. And then your whole spirit changes. Or if someone mentions their name, and you get a little bad taste in your mouth. You don't even realize you have bitterness towards them. And it gets stronger the longer it's left. We prayed for a house. My wife specifically prayed for two bathrooms (laughs) and a dishwasher. But we didn't get that. But we got a good house. But our house was uh, left unattended for a few years. We come to find out after we moved there. And um, they didn't even put it on the market. And so they weren't showing it, so they didn't have to clean it. So the grass and all that stuff grew. So they mowed it all down, you know, when they're starting to show in the house again. So now after I'm there for a little bit, you know, and, and I, you know, how I work and stuff like that, I don't, you know, I try to wait at certain times to mow. I, I, I like to plan my mowing, you know, and, um, I'm telling you, like, within one or two days, these trees were shooting up in my yard. <laughs> I'm like, well, what's a tree doing in my yard? That's because they had let that stuff grow. That yeah, After they cut it down, that root was still inside. It was inside the ground. And just given enough time, man, that root. I, I got a tree. I'm like, honey, I got a tree growing in the backyard. I got to go cut that thing down. I got an ax or something. A couple days, that thing pops up because that root is still in there. You know, sometimes we can kind of take care of things on the surface. But if we don't get that root of bitterness, oh, I'm okay. The song, what's that song? My what, Matthew West. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, I forget what it's called, but it's like talks about I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, oh, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken. It's a good song. Truth be known, yes, thank you. Truth be told, I think is. So it gets stronger. I like this picture here. I remember this picture when I was a kid. I saw it in a book and stuff like that. You know, how it all starts. You know, it starts something small. The seeds have hurt. But, you know, we all get hurt. But then we let that seed stay, and, and it festers, and it, and it grows roots, and it, and it takes hold. And then that's kind of the next thing here they he talked about. He says springing up. Springing up causes trouble. See, a lot of times you go, we don't realize we have bitterness, and all of a sudden, bam, it pops up. And there it is. And the fruits of bitterness start, start to show. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, this is the passage they believe that the Hebrew's writer was, was referring to this, this root of bitterness. When Moses gives this commandment to the children of Israel, he says, man, you've got to be careful. As we go in the land, you cannot leave God. He says this. He says, I make this commandment, uh, I'm sorry, covenant and this oath not with you alone, he says there in verse um, it's 14, and then verse 18, he says, so that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away f- today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations and that there may be not among you a root-bearing uh, a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. He, he again, connects this idea of turning from God and letting bitterness in your life. So you got to be careful. You've got to watch out. Those little seeds of hurt, man, what they can do. Uh, I, I found a picture of some seeds here. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. Back there, it's was hard to see. You know, he got, has got a pine cone from the tree. He's got a quarter there and he's got four seeds. I don't know if you can see, he's got four seeds in his hand, four little seeds. It's amazing what that one of those little seeds, which is the next slide. All right. That's, that's a redwood tree. That one little seed made that. I don't know if you can see down here in the bottom, these little bit, a little bit different colors a red color and a yellow color. Those are people standing at the bottom of that tree. That one little seed grew into that. Now, you wouldn't believe what one little seed of bitterness, what it grows into, right? What are the fruits of bitterness? Anger, right? Just angry. You ever been with an angry person? Mm, uh, (laughs) let Let me take a drink of water real fast. I told my wife I was not going to pick on her anymore in my sermon. No, she's not angry. But, but you ever been around an angry person? They're not fun. And anger. Cynical. Cynical. Right? Distrustful. Distrustful of the, of the sincerity of other people. People tell, oh, I, I, I really do care about you. They don't care about me. Cynical. Hateful. Well, now you just get, they are just hateful. You meant something that's just hateful? I mean, no matter what you do, they're just hate, man. They're just, they're just. Ah, it's terrible to be around people like that. It's terrible to live with somebody like that. Mistrusting. They have no confidence in anybody, anything. Now, I, I know, you know, I'm not talking about like, I, I am so bad about forgetting stuff. I really am. And, and, I, and I hate it for my wife. I do. And she has to, qu- it's not that she mistrusts me because she's bitter. She just knows how I am. And she's just like, are, are you sure? You, I'm like, honey, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I did. And she's like, just please go, just go check. And, I, and she was right. I didn't. <laughs> you know, so that's not what I'm talking about. That. That's not that bitterness I'm talking about. You know, that's not the mistrust I mean I'm talking about. It's about that bitterness that, that just that you just don't have confidence in anybody anymore. Pessimistic. Right? Thinking the worst. Thinking the worst of everybody. Think the worst of, of people in the church or your spouse or your pastor or the people you work with. Just pessimism. Thinks the worst. That's that bitterness. Resentment, right? That's ill will. Uh, resentment is pleased to see bad things happen to other people, right? That's when you're resentment. You know, when you hear about something happen to somebody you don't really like, you go, yeah, thank you, Lord. No, No, that's not right. Come on. You're bitter. And then you get down to revenge. Then you get down to where, man, if I could do something to them, I would. And that's the fruit of bitterness. But it's more than that. Clinically, in in health, they say bitterness may predict adverse changes in the metabolism, the immune system function, organ functions, especially the heart, even causing fatigue and loss of sleep. I mean, bitterness can kill you literally. This bitterness springing up, he says, springing up, man, you leave it down there; it's, it's going to rear its ugly head, and you're going to have the fruits of bitterness. In your life. But not only that, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. I mean, no one wants to have th- those fruits in you. I mean, looking at somebody, is like, man, they're such a hateful, angry, bitter person. I feel bad for them. But, you know, it's more than that. Because the writer goes on and says this, and, and by this, many become defiled. See, it's not just you that suffers from your bitterness, but it's, man, everybody around you. It spreads to, it spreads to everybody else. Paul says, do not be deceived, evil company, he says, corrupts good habits, in First Corinthians 15. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, he tells Timothy, he says, and their message, talking about these two guys here, he says, and their message will spread like cancer, Hymenaeus and uh, Philetus are of this sort, you know, there's times when, when that bitterness of yours is, 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 is it's like a cancer. It's, it's just, it's poison. And it just, you begin to poison other people and you just begin to just wreak havoc. You know? By this, many become defiled. So it's not just you that's suffering from your bitterness. It's everybody around you. James says this he says who is wise and understanding among you let him show by good conduct that his his works are done in with meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart do not boast and lie against the truth he tells them he says this kind of wisdom is, is not from above but it's earthly sensual it's devilish L- listen i don't know how many times that i would convince myself that my bitterness was justified that I was right in being bitter for all the things that these people had done to me. Man, they, 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 they didn't tell me that you needed to make $100,000 in Connecticut to even probably, especially to own a home, let her own at least 80000 just try to rent a home on your own up there. I mean, they, they, just, they, just, they didn't tell us any of that stuff. They just, oh, come on, yeah, yeah, God wants you. in and, and they got me in, and man, they suckered me there because they wanted students. At least that's what I felt. man i got bitter i got bitter these men that led me to that didn't really tell me everything i justified it so bitterness you can tell man it it it, it had a good part of my life it had a good part of my life but there's a remedy for bitterness there is a remedy for bitterness. It's a twofold remedy. And it's, I, I thought it was funny whenever I kind of looked at this, that even in the secular world, dealing with people without God, they still came down to the same two things. As the Bible said a thousand years before, that you have to have to be able to deal with bitterness in your heart. Two remedies. They go hand in hand. The first is forgiveness. Forgiveness is essential in uprooting bitterness. Like I said, it's funny that even secular psychology said the same thing. They saw that that is the only thing that they knew to get bitterness out of people. Forgiveness Paul tells there in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. He says, just as God in Christ forgave you. He says there, uh, Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 6, he says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness. Colossians chapter 3. Man, the Bible's full of it. We can go all night with this. Paul said again, he said, Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So Paul said, "Man, you, got, you it, you've got to forgive. It's got to start. You you got to do something about this bitterness." Now let me tell you what bitterness is not. Let me tell you what bitterness is not. Bitterness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. If you're gonna wait until you feel like forgiven, you will never forgive, ever. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. Forgiveness is not pretending you weren't hurt. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean, well, now you got you know you were wrong and being hurt. No, that's not what it means. Forgiveness is not condoning their actions. It's not saying what that person did to you was right. Yeah, you might have got left on the sidewalk and your friends ditched you for, you know, 30 minutes and made you wait and didn't think about you. It might not be a big thing, you think, but it doesn't matter. It still doesn't make that their actions were okay. You see that? You can't, you can't diminish hurt. I might not think your hurt's a big deal, but that's not my, that's not my call. It's not my judgment. Forgiveness is not condoning their actions. Forgiveness is not trusting the other person. That's not what it is. Doesn't mean you've got to go back and trust them. You just forgive them. Forgiveness is not relieving the person of responsibility. It's not saying that... um, Judgment shouldn't come from what they did. It's just saying that you forgive them. Forgiveness is not quick. Matter of fact, this is one of the worst things that us Christians do. We try to tell people, get over it, just get over it, get over it. Just just forgive, just forgive. It's not like that. It is a process. It's not quick. It's not easy. It doesn't erase the pain. It's not reconciliation. It's not forgetting what happened. But it's not impossible. But you're gonna have to forgive. If you wanna uproot that bitterness, you're gonna have to forgive. You might not be able to forgive today, but it's gotta come down the line. You gotta know, you gotta pray. You're gonna have to forgive. You got to forgive, and then you got to express your hurts to others for resolution. Expressing your hurt to others for resolution. Now, that is the key word there resolution. I don't express my hurts to others to bring them involved and get them into my bitterness and to, and to poison them. That is not what I'm to do. I talk to somebody else because that somebody else is going to help me resolve the bitterness in my heart. Matthew chapter 18 says this He says, Moreover, if, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So you have to go. If your, if your brother sins against you, right? You need to go tell them. You got to let them know. You can't hold that inside. You need to confront them. He says here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. And he says, make that thing right before you come back. You know, if if you know that you have hurt somebody, you know that somebody is upset at something you did, you are obligated. Me and my wife always talk about this. We call it you go, you go. If you're offended, you have to go. If you know somebody else is offended at you, you still have to go. If you know that you hurt somebody and you want to be right with God, you have to go. You have to go make that right. You have to go and make that right. Now, sometimes, you know what? There's things that happen that um, we can't, it's not wise to confront that person. And the Bible talks about that, okay? That there's, there's times that, that you can't and you shouldn't confront this person. But you still got to deal with the bitterness. So James tells us this. He says, confess your trespasses one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, I, I got to go to somebody, to a friend that I trust and, and, I, and that loves me and that has good intentions for me and tell them my bitterness if I, if I shouldn't and I can't tell the person I'm bitter at. But, you know, you just can't tell anybody. Paul tells there the Galatians, he tells them, Brethren, if any man be taken in, in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. You know, the whole idea is that you're, you're supposed to go to somebody who is spiritually mature to handle your burden and who won't get caught up in your, in your bitterness and, and take it as their own. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And I never really understood that until I, I, believe it or not, until I got to New Life and I have some, some good friends. i got some guys in my life now who I trust and who care about me and, and will tell me what I need to hear in the spirit of love and truth. And I need that. You know, it, it hurts sometimes, but it, it's, it's faithful. It's for my good. So you know what? You need some spiritual mature friends in your life that you can go to about those hurts that become bitterness and you can tell them and they can tell you and say, look, you know what, man, you, I, 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 I understand I'd be bitter too. I'd be hurt too if that was done to me. you you got every right to be hurt. But you know what? we we got to deal with this. you gotta, you, you got to talk to them. If you can't talk to them, then we, we got to get this, can we, you know, get this out, of your, out of your heart, man. And I will be there with you and I will pray with you And then sometimes, you know what? We need a friend like this. Who says, hey, let me pour you a glass of get over it. You know what? You've been dealing, Case, you've been dealing with that bitterness for years. Making excuses. Saying that you're justified because all these guys did to you. And you've been been leading your family this way and you've been doing all this stupid stuff. And you've been, just been a baby about it. Yeah, I know you were hurt, but you know what? You've been going on five years now, man. Five years holding this bitterness. It's time to get over it. It's time to get over it, Case. You've been harboring this way too long. You know, some of the men in my past, I, I wouldn't even call them pastor anymore. I would just call them by their first name. And see, now, I know that's not a big thing here, but I grew up in a church where you call them pastor this and pastor that. I always it, was a, it was a title of honor. And I remember calling Doug, saying, hey, Pastor Doug, Doug said, don't, don't call me pastor. I'm just Doug. I said, But brother, you don't understand that's a that's a a title of honor I'm giving you. But these men, I wouldn't call them pastor anymore. He's call them Bob, Joe him because I was bitter against him in all those years. Don't hate me, honey. (laughs) But the decision to go to Connecticut was based on that I got bitter in that church And all the things I was doing, all the stuff and working a part-time job so I could do all the stuff for them, run their Bible Institute and, and gone every night of the week away from my family. And, and they didn't care. At least that's how I perceived it. And I said, I'm getting out of this church. And that's where it all started. That's where my bad decision started right there. Bitterness steals the joy of the Lord, hampers the grace of God. It's time you uproot that root of bitterness and deal with your hurts that you've been holding on to. Amen. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Thank you, Father, again for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father, that you are a God of forgiveness, Lord, and you um, went through everything. Your son, he went through everything we went through. He was hurt. He suffered wrong. He was, in a sense, he was he was abused by those men. And yet he said, "Father, forgive him." So, Lord, help us, Father, to to do the same, to forgive those who hurt us, and to not let that root of bitterness, Lord, rule our life. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.